Hello and welcome to Connected Generation. My name is Nikkei Anani and I'm the host. Um, great to have you on board. Today's episode is um, a special one. It's my birthday. Yay! <laughs> so we're doing a Ask Me Anything special Q&A and we've received a few questions through email on um, several aspects regarding family business, entrepreneurship, etc, etc. So yeah, that's what we'll be doing today. Um, going forward, we'll be having more of these just Q&As. So I'm not just talking at you. <laughs> um, rather, we're having a conversation. So yes, excited. So question one is from Bisola from Lagos. She says, what do I need to do to protect my business from future shocks? This is a great, great question, Bisola, and extremely timely, right, with how this COVID just completely threw a lot of our businesses off balance. And I think it's important, you know, I love the fact that you said from future shocks and it's not from future pandemics because a shock can come in many forms. It could be political, economic, social, regulatory, technological. It could be a pandemic, right? Um, so the point is that as business owners, we have to be really prudent and we have to expect that setbacks are coming. The only thing is we don't know which setbacks are coming and we don't know when these setbacks are coming. Therefore, we need to ensure that on an ongoing basis, we're constantly looking for new opportunities, new opportunities within our operating business. So how can I take the same product or service to a slightly different market, slightly different niche? How can I develop a slightly, you know, different, a complementary product service um, offering that will add value? Or what other opportunities exist that I can go into leveraging off the same assets, same people, etc. in my business? That's one way we should think. So we're constantly looking for new opportunities during the good times and the bad times. And then separately to that, I think we need to constantly diversify our wealth portfolio. Most businesses, uh, most business owners, um, our wealth is like 90% in our businesses. And that's quite risky because if you think about it, the business is extremely illiquid. If you owned shares in a listed company, then that's a different matter, right? If you were the founder of Apple or you're the founder of Amazon, you know that in the event that there's a slight shock, you can sell some of your shares for cash. But for most of us, we own private companies and we don't have that luxury. Therefore, we need to always think about creating a wealth portfolio that could be that source of liquidity um, because it's not what makes a company go under go bankrupt is not lack of revenue or lack of profits but lack of cash it's cash that keeps us going so to ensure we have that cash 
I think on an ongoing basis, one must always, always look to diversify wealth. So how can I um, invest in opportunities? So now this is a similar conversation to what we said before. Now we're talking about an investment role where you're not taking on managerial responsibility. How can I invest in opportunities that have no nothing to do with the industry of my business, the geography of my business, the asset type, and then the currency? So what that does is that when there's a shock, I mean, this shock we're sitting through is quite unique. I think we can all <laughs> we can all agree that it's quite unique. But if we look back to in Nigeria, for instance, to 2015, when there was an oil price shock, right? When the oil price tanked, um, so this affected predominantly, you know, oil and gas countries where oil and gas is the major source of GDP. And so it was it was it was localized to some extent, right? So had we, for instance, been investing in emerging markets real estate across the world in in I don't know, in dollars or something, the impact of that recession in Nigeria, you know, could have been mitigated by investing having a diversified portfolio. So in essence, how do we protect the business through diversification, both within the business, through innovation, and through wealth planning? Question two from Temi Tokwe, again from Nigeria. (laughs) During this time, how do I scale my business whilst managing my expenses? Really great questions. Um, A lot of us are in this situation, right, where we want more revenue. Um, Our revenue has gone down significantly during the shutdowns, and yet we still have expenses. We've still got salaries to pay. Maybe we've put some stuff on stood off, um, but that was after probably a couple of weeks or a month once the lockdown came in, right? There's a lag effect with a lot of these things. But we're now facing the point where, you know, in Nigeria, for instance, let's talk about potentially relaxing the lockdown and a plan to resumption of normalcy, right? And so it's now like we're gearing ourselves towards that. How do we ramp up the revenue but still manage expenses, And I think this is where technology plays a huge role, right? So technology enables us to scale at with quite efficiently in terms of cost-wise. And so you can continue to leverage online means. So I'm assuming that in this season of lockdown, you've pivoted online and leveraged, you know, started doing sales and marketing activities online. And these sales and marketing activities come at a significantly lower cost compared to offline, you know, printing flyers, adverts, and things like that. Um, And so one can continue to leverage those means. That's one. And then let's have a conversation about the expenses side. So we've touched on how you can scale the business, leveraging online um, and and so on and so forth. How can we now manage expenses? This is where we need to get really um, militant. <laughs> and you need to do um, a check and audit of 
all the expenses that are going out of the business right now, are they absolutely necessary? Can they be, can they be delayed? Um, are they mission critical to bringing in new business? If they're not, then let's put them on pause for now, such that once we start to see the impact of leveraging the online means, ramping up, ramping up activity significantly there, then we can start to address expenses that are not as time sensitive, that are not as mission critical, and that may take time to see the impact of said expenses, right? We have question three from George from Johannesburg. How do I keep my team motivated against a difficult environment whilst making tough decisions? Yes, this is a difficult one. Um, it's a hard time for teams. Teams are seeing so much negative news, um, both within their businesses that they work for and in the general like world. And it's causing a lot of anxiety, right? And a huge one is obviously wages. A lot of wages have been significantly reduced. And also a huge factor is that we're not seeing each other face to face. And as human beings, we're social beings, right? We do get motivated by seeing others um, we're social beings. We need our companions, our colleagues, our peers to have conversations with to be motivated. So I think, first and foremost, with managing remote teams, there must be touch points on a daily basis, right, between you as a leader and your team. So can we leverage technology for this, like doing Zoom calls, maybe once a day, you have a daily check-in, preferably with video. I understand that a lot of people, the, the data is a huge concern, but I think this is something that, as a leader, you should invest in for your team members so that they can um, be motivated and energized. So have a check-in on a daily basis and ask questions. How are they coping with this transition? How do they need your assistance? What are the new challenges that they're facing in their jobs? Because whilst the function remains the same, the mood has changed, right? The circumstances and the context has changed. Therefore, it may mean that you as a leader needs to be more understanding and empathetic and flexible in certain expectations of your staff. Another way to motivate them is to communicate with them as to what is going on. There is a lot of uncertainty, but as leaders, often we have the tendency to stay quiet when all that is going on is bad news and only want to share good news. But I think that actually creates a lot of anxiety for those that we lead. It's better to communicate with them the challenges the business is facing, your thoughts on it, their assessment of the opportunities and the threats, and communicate what you what what actions and steps you're taking to get the business out of this temporary situation. People are motivated by money, obviously, but they're not just motivated by money. They want to know that they're seen. They want to know that they're heard. They want to know that they're cared about. So taking an interest in them, um, their personal lives, and also their professional life 
will keep them motivated. Then we have a question from Deborah in Kenya. I need to start a new line of business. How do I go about it? Okay, I think I need a little bit more information, Deborah. So if you can email me, just provide a bit more context. But assuming you know the new, the new line of business that you want to pursue, right? Um, let's say it's fashion. I would go about it by having conversations with your target market. So often in business, um, there's the mantra out there seems to be around like studying your competitors, trying to outdo your competitors. But I have a completely different philosophy. I think we need to be laser focused on the customer because it's the customer that pays. It's the customer's preferences that, you know, meeting the customer's needs and preferences is what will set us apart as business owners. So you need to study and know that customer inside out, not just on a functional basis. Like um, by that, I mean like, oh, the age, the age bracket, the preferences, the occupation, the, 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 the budget and things like that. But also, how do they think? What are their fears? What are their aspirations? Because in this world that we're in now, a lot of our activities are online. And to build relationship with people online, you need to communicate with them in the way that they will well understand and and that appeals to them. And so to do that, you need to use their language. You need to use the way they describe themselves. You need to speak to their hopes and dreams and how your product or your service ties into that. So um, Deborah, please send me another email just with a little bit more information and then we can jump on a call and have a further conversation about this so I can, um, so I can provide a better answer. That was fun. <laughs> um, so now on to birthday celebrations. And yeah, thank you guys. Um, wish you a blessed day and take good care. Bye.